coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. So today I want to talk to you. The title of this episode is Never Underestimate the Power of Those Working on the Front Lines. You see, everyone in a leadership role is in a support role. And who are they supporting? Those on the front lines doing the work. You see, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of leaders, they don't understand that. They, they, don't, they think everybody is working for them. No, the formal authority leaders are working for everybody else, whether they know it or not, whether they admit it or not, whether they like it or not. I'm talking about high impact leaders, low, low impact leaders. That's a, that's a completely different story. We ain't talking about low impact leaders today. We're talking about high impact leaders, but those at the top are in support roles. And that's important because those on the front lines determine the bottom line. If you're a formal authority leader, you got to be thinking, what, what are you doing to develop them? Or maybe you need to ask yourself a question. Are you developing them or are you overlooking them? Because I'm going to tell you what most formal authority leaders are doing relative to the front line folks. They, they develop them only as much as is, is required to do the job. They don't develop the character, usually of themselves or others. But again, I, I just want to provoke some thought, and then we're really going to talk about high impact leaders in this in this episode. But probably still going to be a combination. I, I don't know if I can only talk about high impact leaders. I'm probably still going to have to talk about the opposite, which is low impact leaders. So you just have to forgive me. That's just the way it's going to be today, probably. Anyway, I'm sharing. Uh, last week with I shared with you. Uh, some information, a uh, post I had put on my social media. I'm going to do that again this episode too. And I may do several uh, in a row. I don't really know. Never know what the next podcast is going to be till I sit down and start recording it uh, or just before that. So a couple of days ago, I shared a, a meme. <clears throat> it's one I share often. And the, in, the quote in there was one of my own quotes. It said, the front line is responsible for the bottom line. That's what we're talking about in this episode. I share that often. I changed the picture a lot. This one actually had the picture of this meme, had some guys working on a roof. Looked like they were putting the decking down on the roof of a house, maybe, something like that. But it's, there's always going to be some kind of frontline workers in the background. But the front line is responsible for the bottom line. So let's get into this. I'm going to read I'm gonna read this post that I put on uh my social media the other day on LinkedIn. And again, if you follow me on LinkedIn, if you follow Max Story, uh, my Max Story, my personal page, also know that I have a Blue Collar Leadership uh, company page, and I share content on there every day too. 99, 95, 99% of what I share on my Blue Collar Leadership page on LinkedIn is different than what I share on my personal page. I share, I share something on both of them every day. And it's always about leadership development, personal growth. 
but it's it's not duplicated every day on those two pages. So if you want a, a double dose, make sure you follow Max Story, comma Blue Collar Leadership, which is my personal page, and then find my company page, which is just Blue Collar Leadership. So I shared this post actually on uh, Blue Collar Leadership on the Blue Collar Leadership page. And I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to go back and talk about some of the things I share in there. What I say here, and I'll let you know what I'm doing, but I'm about to start. Never underestimate the power of those on the front lines doing the work. Too many low-impact leaders overlook developing their front-line team. They think, why should I? They don't have the power to truly impact the business at their level. Those on the front lines have a lot of power, especially when they're treated poorly by their leaders. They have the power to be less productive. They have the power to not finish on time. They have the power to not work, to not worry about the quality of their work. They have the power to resist change. They have the power to withhold valuable information. They have the power to be wasteful. They have the power to show up late. They have the power to call in sick, not show up at all. They have the power to find a better place to work. They have the power to provide bad word-of-mouth advertisement in the community about the organization and its leaders. They have the power to cause a lot of stress and frustration. The character of those on the front line determines the bottom line. So that's the end of that post that I made. But I want to go back and talk to you about that. Because a lot of low-impact leaders, they think these people are just doing the work. They are doing the work, but how are they doing the work? When are they doing the work? What about when they no longer work here? What are they saying about us? The people on the front line have a lot of power. They have a lot of power over the organization. You see, low-impact leaders, they think about the power they have over the, the people. That's what makes them low-impact leaders. They want to have power and control over the people. High-impact leaders, they want to grow and develop those people because they understand those people have the power. They can make or break an organization. But again, it comes back to the leadership. Leaders are always responsible. But I like to tell leaders when I'm talking to high-impact leaders, It's not about you, but it starts with you. See, the character of the organization, or culture, I should say, the culture of the organization, which is nothing more than the cumulative, the collective character of the people within the organization. The culture of the organization is nothing more than a reflection of the character of the top leader. So let's go back to talking about these powerful, powerful people. They're truly powerful. If you ain't ever thought about it and you're a formal authority leader, you better start thinking about it because how you lead them has a whole lot of impact on your organization, things that may be frustrating you. But remember how I started out. I said never underestimate the power of those on the front lines doing the work. But let's talk about it. Their power is going to be used in a negative way if they're led if they're treated poorly, they're treated badly by their leaders. If they're if the people are being treated badly, and again, it's they get to decide how they're 
how they feel about how they're being treated. See, leaders, a lot of times leaders say, well, I treat the folks fine. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If the folks don't feel like they're treated fine, they're going to act like they're not treated fine. It don't matter what the leaders, it doesn't matter what the leaders think they're doing. What matters is how the people feel about what the leaders are doing. So let's talk about it again. The people on the front lines, they have the power to be less productive. I remember my days working in manufacturers. I guarantee you, when a when a leader irritated me, I usually I usually bounced back pretty quick because I was focused on the work that I was doing. But I promise you, when a leader irritated me, as soon as they had walked off, I went and talked to somebody, somebody that I trusted. At the bare minimum, I stopped doing what I was doing and had to go talk to somebody. I had to go vent. When that was happening, my production was going down, I guarantee you, at a minimum. Most often, not only was my production going down, but so was whoever I was venting to. They they were not working either. They were listening to me, and a lot of times, they didn't like the boss, so they started venting too. About the last time, the boss irritated them or somebody else they heard about. Before you know it, there's three or four of us standing around talking bad about the boss. Now, if we're leading ourselves well, we wish we shouldn't be doing that. But in, in that moment it, in my life, I hadn't studied and read or been taught any of the stuff I teach you about today. So I, I needed a lot of work. But I've seen people do this throughout my career. Sometimes the people end up, they have to go home sick. They get so irritated with the boss. They ain't really sick. They just don't want to work anymore. They go home. Some of them do what I talk about. They quit but stay. They do the bare minimum. Instead of running 100% production or 120% production that night, you know they just have a bad night and they end up with about 60% production. I've seen seen it so many times throughout my career. They, they, They may decide to take vacation. Just just to irritate the leader because they're so irritated. They need a break. They need a breather. Poor leadership causes a tremendous loss in productivity. And again, people who think the front line's not powerful, let them decide not to be productive. How much does it cost to work overtime? A lot. Most places, it's at least time and a half. And if you're working on Sunday and holidays, a lot of times it's double time or triple time. So a lot of times when the people get irritated, especially if they're irritated in in, in mass, meaning the majority of the people are irritated, if they they just want to be less productive, guess what they can do? They can be less productive. They have a lot of power. You think they don't have power, you just keep treating them poorly. But it's also the opposite. Treat them well, and they can be more productive. They can encourage others to be more productive. They want to be more productive. That's how they repay a a good or great leader is through their productivity. Great leadership inspires productivity. It inspires others to perform well. That's what leadership, high-impact leadership is all about. Anyway, I think you see the picture there. The front line has a lot of power when it comes to productivity. So the front line, they have the power not to finish on time. So if they're working on a project, it could be one person working on a project for the boss. And then you know what? They just couldn't get the job done. 
Especially a lot of times they don't finish on time because the boss has irritated them and they've been less productive. See how this kind of compounds into a whole lot of issues. But the number one issue it compounds into are the people on the front lines have a lot of power. They have so much power, it's ridiculous, over their leaders. The leaders think they have the power. They don't have the power. The people doing the work have the power. So they have the power not to finish on time. You think if they want to make the boss look bad to their boss, they can not finish on time? Absolutely. I guarantee you, back before I learned all the stuff I know today, I knew a lot about influence, but I knew about it in the wrong way. I knew how to manipulate. I wasn't a motivator. I was a manipulator. I could manipulate situations. I could manipulate my coworkers. I could manipulate my bosses. That's one reason when I started learning about principles I teach and speak about today, I latched onto them really quick. Really, all I had to do was stop doing what I was doing for, for the negative cause and, and switch over to a positive cause. But I had to choose to change my values. And then when I started learning all this content, all these principles, I should say, that I write about and speak about today, then I learned how to just maximize my positive influence. But I was highly, highly influential before I ever read a leadership book. I just did it all in the wrong ways. I was a natural leader. I just led negatively. I, I've told you guys that before if you listen to enough of my podcast. And I, a lot of times I'd manipulate my coworkers. They wouldn't even know they were being manipulated. But I was manipulating them to get back at the boss. I was causing them to be less productive. Or I was causing them not to finish on time. So as a group, we make the boss look bad. Because then the boss gets, because we had a bad boss, we knew he had a bad boss. So we knew the boss's boss was going to chew the boss out when they when we didn't finish on time. But we were not going to get fired. We did the work. We just didn't finish on time. And most of the time they didn't want to fire every, they wasn't going they were not going to fire everybody. So if you get everybody kind of rowing in the same direction, the boss just gets frustrated. They don't go fire everybody. They shoot themselves in the foot. But they also they don't know about leadership, so they don't learn how to lead any better. So it's just a constant round and around frustration. If you're familiar with my blue collar leadership and culture book, when you don't have leadership development, you don't have buy-in, you don't have unifying purpose, you don't have competency, you don't have execution, what you get is chaos. In most companies, if the, if the people are wielding their power in a negative way, there's chaos, especially for the leaders, nonstop chaos. Let's talk about something else. Another power the frontline people have. They have the power not to worry about the quality of their work. I remember one of our clients, I've shared the story before. They talked about they were shipping seats. Someone was telling this story, a quality person. And they were shipping seats in a box. And they got two empty boxes shipped to the customer. That was somebody wielding their power. <laughs> somebody closed that box and put a, a label on it and picked it up and realized it, all, all many steps of the way, somebody knew there was nothing in the box, much less a car seat. Empty box. Again, let me say, the people on the front lines have the power to not worry about the quality of their work. 
imagine when someone's welding, if you're familiar with welding, how easy would it be to not do a complete weld, especially if you're trying to seal up something, leave a little gap, pitiful quality. Or someone's threading a hole, tapping a hole, putting threads in it. The tap gets dull. They finally figure out the tap's dull. They put in their uh, go no gauge in the hole, go no go gauge in the hole, and it won't go because the threads are bad. And they don't even go check see how many more parts are bad. They don't even worry about fixing the part. They just check that was bad. They send it on down the line. Maybe they change out their tap, and the next part's good. But they don't worry about the ones they've already sent. They just going to overlook it. This is one of the easiest things for people to do. Is not worry about the quality of their work. It's one of the easiest ways to get back at the leader. If they got a bad boss, all they got to do is poor quality. In a lot of places, they don't even... they don't The products or the service they're providing, there's so many people involved in it or, or certain situations that... The bosses don't even know who did it. They just know it happened, that somehow it happened. Their team caused this issue. And one of the things leaders will say, I've heard them say it so many times, how how did somebody not catch that? Hello, Mr. Leader. They didn't want to catch it. They may have even did it on purpose. It could be like sabotage. That happens too. So when you think people on the front lines don't have power, they got the power not to worry about the quality of their work. When you think about a lot of these powers, these are the powers they have over the leaders. How about this one? The folks on the front line have the power to resist change. You think people on the front line resisting change cause the leaders stress and frustration? Absolutely. Especially if the leader of the people, the, the true change is coming from above, three or four levels of leadership above, well, that leader, the last level leader down there who's really leading the people, that leader's going to be severely frustrated because they're going to they gonna be getting gnawed on and chewed on from up above because y'all know that's how it works, right? It, stuff rolls downhill, as they say. And uh, that last level formal authority leader who's over the people on the front lines, those people have a lot of power to make them look bad. And it can be all the way up to, like, say, in a plant, a plant manager. Plant manager may re- report to a director or a VP or something like that up in the, in the corporate headquarters. So when the when the when the headquarters decides to roll out a change, the people in the plant don't buy in. Guess which leader at the plant looks the worst? The plant manager. So the people the people on the front lines they have the power to get the plant manager fired. That's a lot of power. The people on the front lines can get a lot of leaders fired, and they do. Every day it happens. Leaders are fired because they can't lead. That means the people are resistant to their leadership. The front lines are responsible for the bottom line. Turnover on the front lines is expensive. Turnover in leadership roles is expensive. Turnover of any kind is expensive. People resisting change is expensive. A lot of times good change never happens, not because it ain't a good idea, not because it won't work. 
because the people will not implement it and make it work because they don't want to and they don't have to. Leadership's a big deal. Rhea and I want to help you. If you want to, if, if you want to help unleash your team's potential, dive into our books, especially my Blue Collar Leadership Series books. I got a whole series of books. You ain't got to hire us to come speak. You'd be better off if you start learning what's, what's in our books and start doing book studies with your leaders and the people, especially your leaders. Because you can increase productivity, improve quality, reduce cost, all the things you're already trying to do just by getting the leaders to lead the people better so that the people feel like they're led well. You ain't even got to focus on lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, all that stuff. It's great if you do, if the people want to do that. But if you just get the people bought into who you are as a leader, who your leadership team is, who they are as people, you got to help them lead. Leaders, if, if you're a formal authority leader and you're not growing and developing your leadership team intentionally, nonstop, you're missing the boat. Everything going on down below you that you think's wrong, Go grab your mirror right quick, right quick, and you'll find out the root cause. And we got a book called Change Happens. Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. Rhea and I wrote that together. That'll help you relative to leadership during change, specifically. Let's talk about the people again. Another power that people have on the front lines. They have the power to withhold valuable information. I know throughout my career, there was a whole lot of things I knew my leader wanted to know. And again, back when I, I wasn't the person I am today, I was the person a whole lot of people out there are still today, though. I was mad, frustrated, irritated because of poor leadership. I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know how to talk about it. We just thought that's the way it was, and it's exactly how it was in our organization. None of us shared information unless we had to. We go to meetings and we just sit there when people ask if we had any suggestions, any ideas for improvement, anything they need to know about. No, we don't know nothing about it. No, we don't know anything needs improved. No, we're just going to sit there. We're going to be quiet. We're going to watch you be frustrated, Mr. Leader or Miss Leader. And then we're going to walk out the room and we're going to do what we do. Try to make you look bad. Because we don't like you. I'm going to tell you what, leaders out there, if the people don't like you, <laughs> you you in trouble. And if they don't like you and you're the leader, guess who's responsible for correcting and addressing that relationship? It's you, not them. But in my book, Blue Collar Leadership, Leading from the Front Lines, I teach them how to lead you well. If you're a bad leader, I teach those people how to lead you well by leading themselves well how to do the opposite of what I used to do, actually, how to, how to be positive and how to lead the leader well so that they increase their influence. So people withhold information. Andy Stanley said it best. Leaders who don't listen will quickly find them surrounded by people who have nothing to say. The people have all kind of information their leaders need. If they're led well and they have good leaders, they're sharing it all the time, almost to the point where they overwhelm the leaders. But leaders who treat the people badly, they get exactly the opposite. They get no information. 
So they're out there making decisions on what the people want to do. And you see, that's one thing that makes a bad leader a bad leader. They want it to be that way. They don't want feedback. They want to tell people what to do, but the leader doesn't know what they need to do because they don't know all the problems. They don't know all the small details. So they're constantly making decisions that the people already know is not going to work. Besides the fact they're not going to help it work, it ain't not going to work anyway. So another another power to go back and revisit. I've shared these with you already. I'm just talking about them a little more in depth. People on the front lines have the power to be wasteful. They can be so wasteful. They can change out tooling before it's dull. They can do things inefficiently, on purpose, just to be wasteful. They can throw out something that's perfectly good. And I guess in a worst case scenario, people could steal from the company. That's to me, that's being severely wasteful from a corporate standpoint. They're stealing the product, which means the product's being wasted. There's other stuff going on in that situation. Lots of ways the people can be wasteful. The people on the front lines have the power to show up late. If you got a team of people, especially like in a production or assembly line where each person is dependent on the other person being there, that's a big deal when somebody shows up late. It causes chaos in the department or, or in the assembly or manufacturing line. Sometimes somebody just does a job by themselves. They're not working with someone else. But they may be the only ones doing that job. So if they show up late, the job not happening unless the boss has to go do their job. But if the boss is having to do someone else's job because they're late. Or like I said, they also have the power to call in sick or not show up at all. If the boss is having to step in because they're late or they didn't show up, well, who's doing the boss's job? See how this snowballs into a, a whole a whole lot of waste. Every Everything I talked about, they had a the power to be wasteful a moment ago. Everything in here that I'm telling you they have the power to do can, can be classified as being wasteful from the, from the corporate standpoint or the job standpoint. And then these last couple I talked about, this is a big one. The, the people on the front lines have the power to find a better place to work. It's called turnover. It's called fire the boss. Turnover is expensive. Turnover is frustrating. Turnover causes quality problems. Turnover causes people not to be productive because they're new. They don't know how to operate efficiently and effectively. Because of that, they they may uh, draw down the productivity of the entire team. Having new people or no people can definitely cause you to be late on a project, not to end on time. All these things are related to each other. And then that last one that I shared, or second to last, the people on the front line have the power to provide bad word-of-mouth advertisement in the community about the organization and its leaders. They can, they can provide this bad word-of-mouth advertisement if they work there or if they quit working there. Either way, they can provide it. So if the people are being 
led poorly, I promise you they're out spreading bad word-of-mouth advertisement about the boss and the organization, and the leaders in the organization. How do you know if that's happening? It's hard to find people. If you can't find any people, meaning you're struggling to fill one position, the people who already work there, they're saying a lot of really, really bad stuff about you and your organization. If it's just kind of hard to find people, but you can find some, they're not saying quite as much bad stuff, but they're still saying a lot of bad stuff. Go to the other end of the spectrum. If you can find really great people, then the people already working there are saying some really good stuff about the organization. But we're talking about the power of the people on the front lines. One of those powers is to provide bad word-of-mouth advertisement. What what that's going to be based on is is how they feel about their leaders. Most people don't moan and groan about the work they have to do. They moan and groan about how they have to do it or when they have to do it or why they have to do it. It all usually goes back to the leader. Most people don't mind the work. They held their hand up and said, I'll do the work. It's all the chaos created by poor leadership that people don't like. They tie it back to the job, especially if they don't understand leadership. They may moan and groan about their hours they have to work. But who's responsible for the hours they have to work? Ultimately, it's the leaders. How do they lead? How do they organize? How do they staff? How efficient are they? But it still comes back to the power of the people. If they got poor leadership and the people are being truly uh, low-performing people, low quality, lots of frustration, lots of stress, a lot of bad-mouthing, it's going to be rough. So the people have the power, but the leaders have the responsibility. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others, now available on audio, along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.